This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Bollet. As always, a new Stanley Cup champion has been crowned, and the 2023 season has come, I'd say, mercifully to an end. <laughs> the Vegas Golden Knights defeat Florida in Game 4 and Game 5. Game 5, embarrassingly dominant, and the Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup. Dude, it's so weird. We were talking about this off-air. Like, I, I feel nothing that Vegas won. Like I, I thought I'd feel like anger and like piss off, but it, I, I just felt nothing. Like it, it, it's, it's always cool seeing the Stanley Cup come out. I get goosebumps every time. I know that's cheesy, but like when they're walking out the Stanley Cup, it, it, it gives you goosebumps. Um, but I honestly felt nothing, and I thought when one of the Avs' biggest rivals would win the Stanley Cup, I would feel something more. I, I, I just felt nothing. Yeah, that's how I felt. I just felt indifferent on it, and honestly, there's more than enough vitriol online about Vegas winning the Stanley cup right now to go around that. I don't feel like I need to contribute any part to this conversation. There's like, they, they cheated refs are on their side. Batman wanted this They're They've done enough pain. They haven't suffered enough Christian. They need to suffer. I did. That cannot be a healthy way to look at things and live your life that people need to suffer more before they can enjoy things. I mean, I was just looking at it like, yeah, I mean, good for them. Yeah, no, I'm, it's to attack Vegas fans is, I, I think, a little unfair. Um, because yeah, they're they're a new team. They they wanted in what five years or six years? Six. six years. Like that's that's impressive. The fact that they were able to pull that off. Are they going to be good in five years? No. Like when this team ages, it's going to be a shit show because they have no draft picks, they have no prospects. Like, but they accomplished the goal. They won a Stanley Cup. And I did you see that video of people like, oh, this is Vegas a couple hours after they won the cup? It's like, dude, they're in Las Vegas. Vegas <laughs> where it's do you the, think that you yeah. want to take a wild guess at yeah. to where people might be right now instead yeah. of standing outside the arena? Right. They're in a desert in the summer. Like, of course, they're going to go inside to the party capital of the world and get fucking shithoused. Like, it. It isn't Montreal where this is all they care about is hockey. Like they, Vegas is fucking cool. Like I've been to Vegas. I love Las Vegas. Like it's, it's taken a lot of my money, but I enjoy every time I go there. People aren't going to sit outside the arena for three hours after the fucking game. Like it's just, it's not what's going to happen. And I thought the crowd last night in the arena was awesome. Like it was loud in there. It was great. 
and Vegas deserved to win the Stanley Cup. They were the best team by leaps and bounds in these playoffs. Yeah, it really was not close ever since, to be fair, game two against Winnipeg because they kind of missed the memo to show up for game one. Since game two against Winnipeg, Vegas has been dominant. Outside of like one or two games against the Oilers in the second round, they ran over every team they played. And it, for most of the time, it was not particularly close. They were suffocating every time they played. And I, I loved people sharing like the one clip of, for some reason, TNT focusing on like the two people who had no idea what was going on as Vegas was winning. And people like, see, all Vegas fans don't deserve this because these people clearly don't know what's going on. It was a very weird shot from TNT to show those people. Oh, I totally missed it. What was it? It was just like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it and not be mean about it, but I'll send it to you after the show because it, it's, I'd sound very mean and they don't deserve that. They didn't know they were going to be on TV. So yeah. no, I mean, but it's like Vegas has a passionate fan. Like I, I think that to call Vegas, not a hockey city, just because they're new doesn't mean they aren't a hockey city. Like, would they be having the same reaction if Seattle won the cup? Probably, but it, it's just, it comes, it comes from a place of Vegas succeeded in six years where a lot of richer teams that have been around for a longer time have not, had anything close to that success in 50 plus years. You see a lot of vitriol from Edmonton fans who haven't succeeded since the eighties, even with Connor McDavid and dry on their team. A lot of it from Canucks fans who haven't come anything close to this point. I mean, it's not, I'm not just picking on Canadian fans here. I feel like a lot of it comes from, well, Vegas only did it in six years. I feel like you're taking it out on the wrong guys. I feel like maybe you should be more upset with your team's management. Right. They can't. <laughs> well, no, th- th- this gives them an excuse to be angry online for something other than their team sucking. Right. I, th- th- that's where it comes from. Um, but it is just very funny that the past three or four Stanley Cup champions have come from what many consider non-traditional markets with Florida, Colorado, and now Vegas. Like that. That is very funny. And I think that shows that the league is in a good place when it comes to the competitiveness of it, that it's been these non-traditional markets that are succeeding. Like, I don't know if you, can you call Colorado a non-traditional market? I mean, it's not an original market. Right. For 1996, you can call it non-traditional, but it's what we always talk about. There's a difference between non-traditional and small. Colorado is not a small market. It might just be unorthodox, I guess you can call it. Well, and like Tampa is, it's 90 degrees there in the summer. Like people don't think Tampa Bay is a traditional market, but I I think it's cool. And it's, you could, the best team has won the Stanley cup the past four years. Like there hasn't been like an upset, like the best team. And that sounds stupid to say, because obviously the best team is going to win the Stanley cup. But But like there was, there were times where you could say the best team in the playoffs didn't win. Right. Tampa won two years in a row. They deserved to. They were the best teams in the playoffs. And then you had the Avs do it. They were the best team last year. And Vegas did as well this year. And yeah, you had some teams go on runs like Florida, like Montreal, but they weren't the best and they didn't win. At the end of the day, you we got the results we deserved in the playoffs based on the results. It, we got the result we made. And like... Do you think St. Louis was the best team when they won the cup? No, I just think they were the hottest team. I th- I think that was one. It's like I I do think Boston was the best team of those playoffs, but they they fell short and they didn't they win. Fell short. Yeah. So it, it's it's good. I 
like you said at the beginning of the show, I'm happy this season is over because holy shit, this season was long and there weren't a ton of great storylines outside of Boston. Like there wasn't like a team of destiny. It was just a bunch of really good teams. Um, and you had Florida who this sucks because what Florida just did, the way they went out sucks. Like they went out with a whimper, but what that team was able to accomplish getting all the way to cup final is fucking awesome. Like that is an achievement in itself to beat the three best teams in the league in your playoff run. And then, you just come up short in the playoffs or in the Stanley Cup final like that. That shit happens. Yeah, it was a great run from Florida. And the way they lost in the final is going to outshine that maybe a little bit, especially over the next couple of weeks. But it shouldn't be ignored. They took out the best regular season team of all time in the first round, coming back from three to one down. And they dominated the next two series against teams that are not jokes. I know we like to joke about Toronto, but that is a good team. And they absolutely dominated them. They swept Carolina, who was playing really well coming into that series. They absolutely dominated them and ran into a buzzsaw in Vegas. Like For three games of this series, it looked like Florida was drowning. They couldn't even move. I mean, we can talk about this game five, nine to three final score probably never going to see a score line like that again in a in a cup clinching game but i feel like it's also very indicative of how this entire series went the last half of the second period is some of the most dominant hockey i have ever seen it was destroyed them i mean the the riley smith goal which is very funny that he holds up as the the stanley cup winning goal and also just that whole play is so dominant Florida, they're caught out there for two minutes. Vegas is putting them in a blender. They just look like they're in a a meat grinder and finishes with Riley Smith burying that goal. It's so incredibly dominant and it's just shows how good Vegas was these entire playoffs and in this series and honestly how much of a mismatch this was. Yeah, like why Colin White didn't leave to go get a stick when it's very clear, like just go get a stick. I I don't know. Um, But like that, that, Second half of the second period after Florida, it, it was two nothing Vegas. After the first period, Mark Stone gets his first of his hat tricks. Um, I, I do not know what Brandon Montour was doing on this play. <laughs> like, he was just like, Bob, you got this, man. I'm gonna take that one guy. And Mark Stone just waits out Bob uh, for a shorthanded goal. Which once that was scored, you're like, Yeah, this game's probably over. Yeah. And then the second one was Nick Haig, if I'm remembering right, just on a goal mouth scramble. Bobrovsky doesn't hold on to the puck. And then also, Florida comes out a weird goal because it sounded the like whistle for sure blew. It blew, but it blew when it was in the net. But we've also seen intent to blow the right before. Right. But it also seems like the refs went back and realized they were wrong. Yeah, it was the right call. It was yeah, the right call. The right call, but sometimes they they just double down on the wrong one. So it's That's good to true they got it right. But is that the rule? I just loved how no one even acknowledged it on the broadcast. It's oh, like, yeah, exactly like, like it didn't happen. Like there yeah. wasn't a Stanley Cup final six years ago where this thing happened and right. the exact opposite happened where they just took it away. Yeah, I was I was, I was, was like, because you texted me when it happened. You're like, you heard a whistle, right? I'm like, yeah, I did. Like there was for sure a whistle. Um, but it was 2 nothing. Going to the second period, Aaron Ekblad scores to make it 2-1 in your thinking, maybe, just maybe. No, no, that, that the, the, the second period was just utter domination from Vegas. Like they could have stopped the game after the second period and we would have been fine. Like just one. 
yeah, just just give them the just give them the cup and we'll call it good. Yeah. Um, but it was just a dominant effort by a dominant team, and Mark Stone, who many people, I, I think, including myself, maybe you thought he's done, like he's never going to play again. He's back and better than ever. I'm interested to see if he can make it through the 82 game season. Probably not, but this playoffs from him was nothing short of fantastic. And I, did you hear him in the interviews? He, like, he, sound, people, he could barely talk. <laughs> they were like, he sounds like stone cold Steve Austin. I saw that tweet. Um, but I did find it funny. He was like, you grind through the 82 game season. It's like, bro, you played like 30 games. <laughs> like you, you did not grind through the 82 game season. <laughs> like let's, let's cool pump the brakes here a little bit, brother. Um, but he finishes with a hat trick. I love the fact that they just kept him out there to get the hat trick. Like oh, yeah. he, and they're just like, fire it. Keep firing. Bro. I, I love when a stat hasn't been achieved in like a hundred years or something. Yeah. And they look back and the last person to score a hat trick in a Stanley cup clinching game over a hundred years ago is literally named babe dies. That's I, pretty love fucking cool. I love it. And so yeah, Mark stone, the first player in over a hundred years to score a hat trick in a Stanley cup clinching game there's one person on the Golden Knights that I can say that I'm like legitimately happy for. It is Mark Stone. Like that, that guy is all heart. Two back surgeries. Like we said, like we were on this show talking about the Golden Knights questioning going into the playoffs. Like, yeah, Mark Stone might be back for game one. That guy just had major back surgeries. Is he even going to be good? Can he even move? And he was phenomenal in these playoffs. Caps it off with the hat trick. Hoists the Stanley Cup at the end of the day. It's... I know we all like to complain about Vegas, but like we're saying, they earned this one. They they were the best team of the playoffs. I really I really don't want to hear the LTIR argument anymore. It's allowed. You can do it. Every team is allowed to do it. And, and the Avs are going to do it next year. Yeah, they're going to do it next year. They came close to doing it last year. And for as, as much as Oilers fans love to whine, you're doing it too. <laughs> you Like, yeah, Vegas was at the top. You're in third. In terms yeah, of they have what Duncan Keith and Mike Smith on there, something yeah, Mike Smith just allowed to semi retire. Yeah. But like, it's just everyone's allowed to do this. Yeah, the Kucherov thing is probably as far as you can push it back when Tampa did it. Mark Stone legitimately had back surgery, and like, you can't rush someone back from that. If I'm Kelly McCrimmon, I don't, I'm say, I say, fuck the salary cap, just rest until the playoffs anyway. Yeah. Like, why yeah. would you, why would you want him back in the regular season? And they would have done the same thing last year if they weren't fighting for their playoff lives. Yeah, like, they wouldn't. They probably would have run out of LTIR last year. Yeah, like, it 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 was. It's like you said. Like everyone's doing it, bro. Just it's a rule. Get used to it. Good teams are going to find ways to circumvent the cap. Yeah, I th- it's less of it's less cheating and more just a reflection on the state of the salary cap right, right now, where you have probably more than half of your playoff teams just actively over the cap. At all times. I mean, the Oilers were doing it too. Vegas was doing it. We also do have to remember, like, Vegas had Shea Weber on LTIR and also Robin Leonard on their LTIR. Like, this is far from the most egregious example we've ever seen. It was two players who were not going to play. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, Mark Stone was on LTIR and started game one of the playoffs. It's not the first time this has happened. Yeah. Like, we we, we saw it with Patrick Kane in 2015. And... 
my favorite part of that story is we had a vote to stop that from happening again. And who was one of the teams that said, stop it, Tampa. And then they go and do it in 2021. You're all allowed to do it. And if most teams are allowed to do it and are actively doing it, it's not cheating. Not Not, cheating, bro. It's perfectly allowed until they pass a rule that says it's cheating, not cheating. And in fact, I'd say if you're a smart GM, you're doing it. Exactly. If you're a good GM, you're doing it because that's how you get the most out of your team. Um, I still think the funniest storyline that come out of Vegas winning the cup, and I can see why this would piss off a lot of people. The fact that Jack Eichel has a Stanley Cup before Connor McDavid is very funny to me. Very funny to me because say what you want about Jack Eichel. He runs his way out of Buffalo. Like, I mean, they didn't let him get the surgery. Yeah. Like, Say what you want about him. He was phenomenal these entire playoffs. Like you could have made the case he could have won the con Smythe, but yeah. he didn't score enough goals. Um, and I still just think it's hilarious that Connor McDavid does not have a Stanley Cup and Jack Eichel now has one. Yeah. In, <laughs> like, cons- in consecutive years, you have Nathan McKinnon and Jack Eichel beat Connor McDavid on the way to Stanley Cups, where you can say it's McDavid and McKinnon one and two in the NHL, and then it was McDavid and Eichel one and two in the 2015 draft and back-to-back years loses to both. Yeah. Go on to win. I mean, I have have no problem poking fun at the Oilers because annoying Oilers fans is very funny. It's, it cracks me up, man. And like, I, it's going to make me laugh even more when McDavid finally wins a cup and it's not with the Edmonton Oilers. It it seems like the only way. doesn't it? like it, it's going know, to make maybe me, you should be looking at Jack Eichel and what yeah. get your trade out of there. Um, but, but Jack Eichel proved all the doubters wrong. I was one of them. I after last year, I thought he was that surgery was going to put him back, but he is back to being the Jack Eichel that we saw in 2017 2018 with Buffalo. He he was this is, great. This is the most complete version of Jack Eichel we've ever seen. I mean, the yeah. point totals were less than what they were in Buffalo, but he fits Vegas's system and gave them everything they needed in these playoffs. Didn't score a ton of goals, but led the playoffs in points and was a massive part of Vegas being the, the destroyers that they were in these playoffs. It's yeah, they, they, they were just so fucking good, dude. And I, I really appreciate Jack Eichel. Jonathan Marshall show wins the cons, trophy, which Deserved for sure. I, I I thought he he was deserving of it, but I personally would have voted for Eichel just because I thought he set up Marcia Show a lot. So I mean, it, it's it was one of the only times I can remember where I was like legitimately interested in who's going to win the con Smythe because you can make the argument that well, Marcia So doesn't score without Eichel setting him up, but also Eichel doesn't get those points if Marcia So doesn't finish. Right. What came but first, also, chicken or the egg? Right. But also Mark Stone was awesome in these playoffs and it does Vegas do what they do if if Aiden Hill's not above a 930 in the playoffs. Like there was at least four legitimate cases that they could have gave them the con Smythe and I just would have been like, yeah, that makes sense. It, it, it was, it, like you said, it was more interesting than I, I was more interested to see who won the con Smythe than see the cup. Yeah. Um, but what the NHL has done, I'm going to give the NHL some props with the fireworks and the stage behind when they lift the cup. That's fucking cool. Like that shit's cool. I, I, I think it's okay. I mean, oh, I think it's, sick, I, I think, I think the cup is more than enough. I don't think you need all the, the pyrotechnics and everything. Oh, I think it looks I so think cool. See, like when you look at, at Ovi's without the fireworks and everything in the background, it doesn't need it. 
Like it's just, it's already is enough of an iconic but, moment. Honestly, I, I think I would rather see the fan reaction in the background more. No, see, like, I, I think that's if Ovi, that, that was like the one, like Ovi was, he's, he's an all time great. Like that moment's never going to be replaced. But like when I look back on it in 10 years and I see Mark Stone hoisting the cup, I think it's gonna be sick just to see like the fireworks and all that stuff. And then did you notice what they did for the team picture that yeah, they had? They, like they the, had the, the, the stand. I thought that was a really good I, touch. I, th- too. I thought that was cool. Instead of just laying in the center of the ice, I thought that was a good ad. Uh, I think we can agree on the scarf though. That oh, you, maybe you don't need the scarves. It, it, the only one who can pull that off is Val Nichushkin. He's the only one that can pull that off. Yeah. Um, I think I got one of those in like one of my championship things. I don't know where I fucking put it, but it's the scarf's not a big thing. Um, Fanatic still continues to fumble the hats and the t-shirts. <laughs> Honestly, are they even like, can we say they're fumbling if, cause they're not trying like, yeah, it's it, copy it, and paste. Yeah. It, the only thing they changed was the color was black yeah. and that, that was about it. Yeah. Now, now that we're a year removed from having our championship gear, can I say it's lazy? Oh yeah. Like, like I look at a lot of the stuff, though. like I, I have a hat where the logo's off center. <laughs> it's off center. Fanatics is terrible. It's a yeah. terrible service. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, and then you look at like, we'll talk about the nuggets a little bit later. The nuggets championship gear. I got one of the shirts. It's so fucking cool, dude. Like it is a sweet shirt. I didn't get a hat just because the lettering's too big on the front and I have too big of a head. So it makes it look terrible, but yeah, Fanatics continues from the bag and just what do we have one more year until they take over the jerseys? I think so. And it is going to be a, a dark era of NHL <laughs> merchandise because it already is. Most of the stuff you buy comes from Fanatics anyway, and it sucks. Yeah, I love how we're saying that. And I think both of us are wearing Fanatics gear right now because <laughs> there's no other choice. Yeah. Like, I, I always no other I, choice. I always wear, I mean, this is obviously an audio podcast, so you can't see yeah. me in every episode ever since we won. I have always worn my Stanley Cup champion hat. It's there's no other Stanley Cup champion yeah. hat. It's only the one from Fanatics that is gray and has the one logo on it. This took- dude, the worst part about them, I don't know if you've like sweat in yours a lot. Like it, I had just have like a line across yeah. the top where it meets my forehead because I just I, I'm a sweaty guy, bro. Yeah. Like I'm, no, I sweat I'm, a lot. I'm to- so. I'm totally with you on that. I can't wear it when I go do anything. I basically have to just wear it for this because yeah. otherwise it'll get ruined. Any sweat will immediately ruin this cheap plastic lining. Yeah, it cracks me up. But um, wrap up the Stanley Cup. Um, I wanted to ask you, because we, we kind of had this discussion. I saw it going on Twitter a little bit. As a whole, for these 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs, I'm under the like notion that this was one of the most boring Stanley Cup playoffs that I've seen in my lifetime. I'm sure this is recency bias. I'm sure it is. But... When you go back and look at the matchups and the way the series played out, like is the most memorable moment Florida against Boston in game seven in the first round? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's not even yeah. a competition. That is 100% the top moment of these playoffs. That feels like months ago. It was months ago yeah. now. Yeah. It, it was two <laughs> months ago, but it feels even longer than that. The first round was pretty good. It wasn't the best first round I've ever seen, but it was, it was pretty good. Not a yeah, ton two upsets. game sevens. Yeah. You had a two or three game sevens. Uh, three, three game sevens, Boston, us and New Jersey. Uh, they wasn't a ton of upsets, but the two that did happen were very critical. You had two of the biggest players taken off the board in Boston and Colorado. And most of the series were at least pretty good. Only one series ended in five, which was Vegas and Winnipeg. Most series were in doubt for a little while. 
a lot of good overtime games, a couple of good stories. But once you got to the second round, things kind of started to to go downhill. Florida, Toronto was not close. Carolina, New Jersey was not close. Dallas, Seattle was interesting, but the games themselves weren't. The none yeah, of it went games. seven games, but outside of I think game seven and game one, they were all blowouts. Yeah, and Vegas, Edmonton was fun. But it also feels like even though it ended in six, it almost feels like it ended too early. And yeah. Vegas was just so good down the stretch in that series that it wasn't at all in doubt. It wasn't like uh, that. That was probably the best second round series. Without, and yeah, 100%. And it was six games. Yeah. And then you get to the conference final. I mean, Florida, Carolina, three of the four games were very good. But there it is. There was only four of them. The series was a sweep. It was over basically as it was getting started. And Dallas Vegas was three nothing and just got drawn out on life support from Dallas. Like interesting for like a day between game five and six. And then Vegas and then game six was over in like the first five minutes. Yeah. And then, then <laughs> Vegas absolutely shit canned them. Was not close. Then you get to the final, and this one was really disappointing because I thought this was going to be a great series. Like yeah, I so- I legitimately thought this was going to be at least a six, seven game series. I had a feeling Vegas was going to win. Not like this. They This this was pretty much over from... Like game one was close for two periods. And then you get to the third period, Vegas run, runs away with it. And then this series was over in game two. Yeah, it was over in game two. And then three and four were exciting. Like Florida wins game three. Game four was a one-goal game. Um, but game five was one of the worst, like, Stanley Cup final games, but we'll go down in history, like for the Florida Panthers side of it. Um, but I, I think that's where a lot of hockey fans are because usually the Stanley Cup playoffs are the best playoffs without a doubt. And maybe that's just because we had the Nuggets go on their run in the NBA. I thought the NBA playoffs were way more intriguing than the NHL playoffs. As someone, who, as someone who only watched a handful of Nuggets games during these playoffs and no other teams, I think I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, it, I there was just, there was more storylines in the NBA. To follow. I mean, you had Steph Curry playing LeBron in the second round. You had Miami going on a run and Giannis and the Bucks bowing out in round one. There was a lot to, to talk about as much as like talking head basketball can be annoying at times. It seems like these playoffs were great. And in hockey, it was OK. It's OK. Yeah. yeah. And it sucks because I feel like I wish that the Avs run would have been the TNT Stanley Cup final because I feel like that would have been way better for a viewing standpoint. Yeah. Um, I feel like TNT got a little screwed on this because they, it, oh they did they t- and you and you know next year is going to be a banger and it's yeah. going to be on ESPN yeah so it, it it was tough um but there was one more thing we have to talk about in the Stanley Cup final and it was the litany of injuries that the Florida Panthers went through uh, as Paul Maurice revealed uh, Matthew Chuck misses Game Five as it turns out he played Game Four with a broken fucking sternum which was the same injury that knocked Sam Gerrard out for the rest of the third, second, third, and fourth rounds. He fucking played in the game four, and you could tell something was wrong because he only played, I think, like 10 minutes in the game. Yeah, yeah um, hurt, clearly. Like, yeah, he, he his chest was fucking broken, dude. <laughs> like, the fact he even played is crazy, and you hear the stories about how his teammates had to dress him for the game, and it's his, like... His brother had to help get him, like, out of the house and out of bed before yeah. the game because he couldn't stand. <laughs> he broke his fucking chest, dude, and he played a game. Um, and then Aaron Ekblad just said, hold my beer with his injuries. He breaks his foot in the Boston series, tears his oblique, 
pops his shoulder out twice and passes a concussion test. Yeah, Um, the full thing, broken foot, popped his shoulder twice and tore his oblique, as as you said. Like ridiculous type of things where it's like, I felt I feel bad now that I was criticizing Aaron Eckblad when he's literally playing at 40% of himself. Yeah, at a a type of pain that I cannot even like comprehend getting out of bed in the morning, let alone icing up skates as someone who like tried to skate the other day, trying to even ice up skates and go play in a, in a playoff game. I I would fall apart and, and die. I would. And it's, it's crazy. I feel bad for criticizing him. What did Brad Kogutis have? Didn't he break something too? He had a high ankle sprain, high ankle sprain. Like, like I get it. Hockey is like the man sport where you play through it. But at some point, like, it was very obvious that Ekblad was more of a liability than he was helping. Like I know he scored in game five to make it a one goal game, but he was not himself. And he honestly hurt the Panthers more than he helped them. And it makes sense. Now, remember, I think it was game four where he made that early change and Chandler Stevenson went off. Like it makes dude had a fucking broken foot. Like he's trying to get off the ice as quick as he fucking can. But it, the fact that these guys played through those injuries is just warrior fucking mentality. Yeah. I mean, Kachuk broken sternum. Montour had a torn labrum. Gudis had a high ankle sprain. Bennett had a significant shoulder injury. It's we talked coming into this series, like, wow, these teams are surprisingly healthy. <laughs> turns no. out they weren't. No. Turns out they weren't at all. I mean, and I think you do have to have the conversation of like, when is, when is it too much that you're allowing guys to play through like a broken chest? That's kind of dangerous. You know, the thing, kind that, of. <laughs> the thing that, you know, protects your vital organs. All it takes is another hit. And then that bone breaks more and uh, bones can be sharp when they yeah. break. And there's a lot of important things in that area that you don't want to be stabbed with a sharp edge yeah. along that line. And when it comes to to Aaron Ekblad, I mean, the guy was obviously on a lot of painkillers. And painkillers in sports are an epidemic that I think is just entirely brushed over. And it, it's dangerous. There's a lot of stuff that I think it's it's a conversation worth having. I appreciate the the warrior mentality that a lot of these players put themselves through. No one's forcing them to do this. They're making these decisions on their own. And there is a lot of credit that has to go to that. But I think there also does need to be the conversation of like, yeah, play through it. It's the Stanley Cup playoffs, but you are putting yourself at a lot of long-term risk and someone should be at very least making sure that you understand what you're doing to yourself. Well, I mean, I think the perfect example of that is Gabriel Landeskog. Like, look at what he came back and played through that injury. In hindsight, it probably wasn't the best decision. Because now he's going to miss two full seasons but, because of it, but he won a cup. Right. So it's like you have to weigh the positive and negative. Like, would you be shocked at all if Ekblad's not back for game one going well, in? Like, he's probably not going yeah. to be. I mean, Maurice said after the game that like some of these timelines are like four to six months for the most. Right. I mean, that's also what sucks for Florida is like there were guys like Aaron Ekblad sacrificing their bodies like that only to get absolutely stomped in the fire, like just completely run out of the building in a way that we have not seen at that stage in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Like that makes it hurt a little bit more because 
would you be shocked in the least if Florida struggles next year to start with no. all these guys out? Like, Not at all. They struggled this year. Yeah. Like it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but it is, that's why hockey is, it, it's weird because you pull back from it and you look at it from the outside perspective, like, yo, someone should have stepped in and told these guys to sit out. But at the same time, these guys grow up in the hockey culture where it's like, you play through anything. And, and it's, it's what awesome. makes hockey so great, but it's also a double-edged sword because like these guys shouldn't have been fucking playing in hockey games. They should yeah. not. Have. But it's also be like for Florida, they might never be back here again. If anything, they probably won't be back yeah. here again. Odds suggest this core might never be back in the Stanley Cup final again. I just want to advocate for players fully understanding what their long-term risks are. Cause I don't think people are telling them that I no, think you just got to let them smoke weed yeah. before the games, man. Yeah, let just, them get high. Yeah. Just, <laughs> it's just Stanley cup. It's a Stanley cup final. You're never going to be back here again. You can endure the pain. And even if you do tell them the risk, I guarantee 99% of them will still play. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. They will like yeah. Kachuk. I'm sure he would have given anything to be out there for game five, but like at a certain point is, Five percent of a Matthew Kachuk who can't move better than who was the guy that came in. I don't even know his name. I know he missed a wide open net though. Yeah, I've told. I know. I know. Denisenko. Denisenko yeah. is the guy that that came in. Like is is a Matthew Kachuk who cannot put on his badge better than Gregory Denisenko at the end of the day. It's just it's a certain thing where it's like it's a tough line to walk. I fully understand why they would do that, and I don't think anyone can stop them even if they said hey uh here's the potential long-term health risks of you playing through this injury and the invasive surgeries that you're going to have to go through by doing this they're still going to do it oh yeah. but i just always want to be sure that people have all of the information before they make decisions like this for their future right, right. It, it's Credit to those guys for still finding a way to play in these games, but fuck, that is just That's like awful. we're normal human beings. Like we aren't superior athletes. Dude, like, I, oh my god! Like a few days ago, I was leaving work and like my my rib cramped, and I'm I can't I cannot even imagine getting on the ice with a broken sternum. Like it hurt to walk to my car and to sit down. Dude, I uh I pulled something in my groin area uh last night and. I, I thought I was going to die. Like, I was like, can I go to the gym today? Like, I don't know if I can. And like, I'm totally fine now. But like, there was that moment where it's like, I may be out for weeks. <laughs> like, yeah, like this, this I may be on the sideline for weeks for tweaking my groin. This might knock me out of commission for a, a little <laughs> while. But it's like, whenever the playoffs end, you always just see that litany. Yeah. Injuries. And like, we never got that from the apps, though. We never really did. But I mean, the Landis Gog thing obviously was there a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Cogliano broke his neck. Yeah. I <laughs> forgot about that. Happy birthday, Andrew Cagliano, by the way. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday. So, Appreciate you, buddy. Uh, come back. Yeah. yeah, come back. But overall, congrats to Vegas. It was one of the least competitive uh, Stanley Cup finals of all time. And I'm glad it's over. Should we have the conversation? Like, is this the worst Stanley Cup final you can remember? I think the only one that comes close is like Ottawa Anaheim, but I was like six when that happens. So yeah. Um, trying to think of like a sweep. There hasn't been one since then. Yeah. 90s. I mean, the last one was the Red Wings and the Cat. I mean, there was a like what four years in a row in the nineties where there was four straight sweeps in the Stanley Cup final, including the Abs over Florida. 
hasn't been a sweep in a long time. I mean, I you could argue that the worst one since is probably the Avs versus Panthers in 96. Even, like, those even games weren't close, dude. No, they weren't. I mean, like, I still I still think Ottawa Anaheim was a tough sell. That was a tough one. Um the Caps in Vegas was pretty rough. I mean, I know you have think, different feelings you think that, so. like I like, honestly, I it was five games. It was well, five okay. games. I'm, but in like, terms of like Ovi going up against the first year Golden Knights, like that. No, was, no, no. I mean, storyline why that that was good, yeah. but like competitiveness in the series, like most of the games were close. Yeah, I mean, you have the Holtby save, which is like the most iconic moment from that series. I mean, it was it was the two games in Washington where the the Caps definitely took over a bit. Game three, I was there for it. Was two nothing. It was two to one. He had the late goal to put it away. Six to two in game four but like one two and five were i were great. yeah i mean i never was a big fan of the pittsburgh san jose series i thought that one was pretty meh i know it went six games but like could you imagine if like if it was ottawa and san jose in that cup final <laughs> that, that would that would have been the the next year oh it would have been the next yeah. year ottawa, what was one ottawa nashville might have been one of the worst greatest yeah all time Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can make a $5 bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Again, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash show notes for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at DraftKingsSportsbook.com slash hockey terms. Now, back to the episode. It just sucks because I thought TNT did such a better job presenting the Stanley cup final. And I actually thoroughly enjoyed watching it on TNT compared to ESPN. Like it was nice just to actually have a post game show to watch. And like, you didn't have to turn the channel right fucking away. Like I really enjoyed that. And I just wish TNT would get all the Stanley cup finals. I really do because like, it's just great. I, I, I did find it funny. I don't know if you did too. Just like the, the, like, outwardly love for Keith Jones as he's leaving. And it's like, I'd get it if it was Eddie Olchek, but it's, it's Keith Jones. Like it's not, yeah, it's not like the biggest person leaving in the world, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed what TNT put out. I thought they put out a way better, way better broadcast than ESPN did. And I feel kind of like robbed that we didn't get that with the ads. Yeah. I'm totally on board with you with that. TNT is just a way better product at yeah. the end of the day. I did want to ask you this though. Because I think it's an interesting question. I think we have the same answer, but I'm interested to hear what you think about this. There is a time warp that brings last year's Avs team to right now, and they have to play this year's Golden Knights team in a seven-game series. Whoever wins is the real Stanley Cup champion. Who wins in how many games? Oh, man. I, I think it's – I look back on that Avs team, and you 
I think you can make a strong case that they are the best team to win a Stanley cup in the past 10 years. Like from top to bottom, that team was utterly dominant in the regular season and the postseason. I do think Vegas's style would play well. I think the abs win it in six. That's kind of where I'm leaning to. Honestly, I think this Vegas team would have been tougher than Tampa. Yes, I 100% agree in that aspect. Yeah, like I, I think Tampa was great when we played them. They were also very battered. And I just think Vegas's style, I mean, we've seen it. It gives the Avs trouble. And the way they buzzsawed teams in the playoffs, it's a pretty interesting matchup that I, 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 the Avs win for sure. I would probably go six, but I wouldn't be surprised if it went seven, but I, I think I'd go six because this, that abs team lost four games. And I, I think when people are talking about like just how good Vegas was and how dominant they were, one of the most dominant teams of the last several playoff runs was something I heard today, which I feel like you're kind of forgetting some very recent history where yeah. a certain team swept two series and was up three to one in the other two for all of them lost four games the entire way. Yeah. And they should have only lost three because if they hold on against St. Louis, like they're, they, they're if they really, they only should have lost two because they yeah. probably should have won game five against Tampa. Yeah. Like it, it's, it, I think it's closer than many Avs fans would want to admit, but that Avs team, man, they were so fucking good it's and so much talent, but I mean, yeah. it's, can Darcy Kemper still? That's hit? the one thing yeah. that scares me is yeah. because which Darcy Kemper are we getting? Is like, well, also let's clarify for the sake of the conversation. Are we getting Darcy Kemper who's been stabbed in the eye? Or are we getting healthy Kemper? I think we get the Kemper that was in the cup final. Okay. I, I think that's fair. And what the abs did to Tampa in the first two games of that series, like, I, I don't think anyone was going to beat them. Like if Kemper was even decent in game one they win that game four to one it's not even not even close but i think the abs star power would take over because the depth lines up like the abs last year like they were four lines deep and they could have honestly gone five lines deep with all the players they had scratched um i think vegas wins a couple but honestly like i think the abs would win in six yeah, I'd, le- I'd lean that way as well because, I mean, the downfall of the Avs this year was depth, and what brought Vegas to the top this year was depth. depth. But the Avalanche had that last year, and they had that in spades. And Vegas's defense, very good, great system. That Kale McCarr from last year's playoff yeah. run mixed with the Bo Byram that we got in the final end of Tays. The Avalanche from last year can match what Vegas can bring, but there would certainly be points where Vegas is the team skating circles okay. around them. Because again, when that Vegas team gets going, they're scary. But then when the Avs get going with that team, there was there was nothing anybody could do. I mean, Tampa in the first two games of the Stanley Cup final last year, they got a couple of questionable ones through Kemper. Outside of that, the Avs were going right around them. Like, yeah. like game two that game was just so unbelievably dominant. Like Tampa was not in that game from puck drop to the end. They never had a chance. And the only reason that series is somewhat close is because of Andre Vasilevsky. Right. Like you go back and look like game three, he robbed JT Comper two or three times. I, I think in that game three and it ended up being what six, three was the final six, two, yeah, six, two. Yeah. Like it, that game could have been way closer. Um, 
you had the offsides where they had to get the fucking microscope out to see that it barely went over the blue line or the abs would have been up to nothing. Um, yeah, I, I think Vegas is a very deserving champ, but that abs team, I hope it doesn't get lost in time. How dominant that team was like, yeah. we hadn't seen a team dominate like that since probably the 2013 Blackhawks. Yeah. And even then like that Blackhawks team was down three, one to Chicago yeah. in the second round. Like they were a fantastic team that had to overcome their share of adversity. In Did the, the abs ever trail in a series? No, they never trailed oh, in a series. They were never close to trailing a series. They won yeah. every first game. They were up three to one in every series. The closest they were was one, one against St. Louis. Yeah. That, that's, <laughs> that's fucking only, crazy. That's dude. the only time they were not outright winning a series at all. Uh, they were Jesus tied. Christ, after two games. They didn't face elimination once. No, they never I, came close. Yeah. They were never anywhere close to having their backs against the wall. Yeah. And, and to be Vegas, fair, Vegas is similar. Yeah. To be fair, neither really did Vegas. No. But, but I, I do think that Avs team, like, I hope it doesn't get forgotten just how fucking good they were. Yeah. And it makes me want to get back to it. And I think the Avs will. Like, I, it, that this year was like a whole year of cup hangover. And I think next year they're going to come out very motivated. It very, and it would not shock me in the least if the first game of the year is Vegas versus Colorado. Honestly, I I want that. I would yeah. love for that to be the case for those two to match up. Honestly, this, this whole year, like you were saying, kind of felt like a penance. For yeah. Like that. It just it felt so dull this season. I mean, not even just for the Avs. It was it was an okay year. Yeah. It was not super exciting from start to finish. There was a ton of stuff with the Avs that was very frustrating, but they still won the division and made the playoffs, even if that whole debacle in the playoffs was frustrating. And like for me personally, like the caps on the other side, just an yeah. absolutely lifeless season that got really hard to follow. Not a ton of huge storylines either, but it's done now. And uh, now Vegas, they deserved to win. So yeah. you can look ahead to next year now, and you can already bet on who's going to win next year's Stanley Cup. And right now, the Avalanche are the odds on favorite to win the Stanley Cup. According to DraftKings, they are tied with the Boston Bruins at plus 800. And even right when Vegas won last night, they were like plus 650, which had them as outright favorites. So there's a lot of faith in this team right now to come back from a lot of their injuries this season and finish revitalizing this roster before next year. Yeah, if you're a gambler, which I am, you don't bet on the Avs until after the offseason because those are probably going to be some of the worst odds you can get on the Avs. You should, right? not, you should not bet champions before no. the offseason is even started. No, and I... I want to say this in a way that doesn't demean the Avs because obviously I'm a huge Avs fan, but I don't think there's any chance in hell this team should be the odds on favorite right it's now. Not, not yet. They don't, yeah. the team is not constructed. I, yeah. They, they literally have six players signed. Yeah. <laughs> I can absolutely envision in August when most of the teams are done being built that like, yeah, this is the Stanley cup favorite. I can very easily see that future. There's one line right now yeah you, you have your top line signed and val nachushkin and logan o'connor yeah. you need to see what the plan is first it it would have to be a very bad plan for me to not believe that this team no i completely top. agree with yeah. you but i do think that it's like how can you have this team be the odds on favorite like vegas i, I think should be the odds on favorite Even then, they're like middle of the pack they're like which is weird right or fifth 
Like Edmonton's yeah. very high. Edmonton, Toronto are always going to be super right. high because it's you're going to get a bunch of Canadians jumping on those right away and be like, it's going to be us next year. We've got it this time. I mean, for the abs, I think they're always just going to be the popular pick because which is of- fine. I'm, I'd rather be in that spot than in the spot where it's like, ah, but like Vegas is kind of like we just won the championship and people are underestimating us still. Like that's kind of a good spot to be if you're Vegas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would wait a little bit. I just don't see. <laughs> I, I just don't know. see right now how There's you can bet. So, there is so much about to happen this yeah. offseason. Teams are probably going to look completely different because of the flat salary cap and all the trades that are about to happen. Give it some time before you start throwing hundreds of dollars on next year's champ. And also, you're not getting good odds on the abs right now. They're the favorites. You should probably right. wait until some, they like drop lower or something like that. Yeah. You can get them at like plus 1500 or something like that. Like you're barely going to win anything. For If you're right a year ahead of time, you should probably do better than a plus 800 return. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying too. But I mean, if, if you want to go for it, go for it. But I, I just don't, I, I could not put my hard earned money on yeah. the apps. And also, these, ad, like, these odds are ridiculous. We have no idea what Boston yeah. is going to look like next year. And they're tied with us for odds on favor right now. Like, we don't know if Bergeron's going to be back. Like, you might make that bet and be completely lighting your money on fire. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. But we'll, uh, we'll have to see um how this season i can't wait for the off season i haven't been this excited for an off season in a while just because it's like i can't remember being this excited for an off season there's so many questions and i think the abs are gonna like i have a feeling we're gonna be doing a lot of like emergency podcasts as the season goes on i mean uh the off season goes on free agency is in less than a month like uh, there might be a lot of trades happening in a very short amount of time because you're gonna see a lot of these stuff probably happening around and before the draft when a lot of those picks are still in play and before free agency, once teams start talking, like there might be a month from now, like just a deluge of moves as probably I'm hope I'm not setting my expectations too high, but like there, it might oh, be. We for sure are. We for sure are. I have never, whenever I feel this way about an off season, I have never not been disappointed. So but I still feel like there's just so much that needs to be done right now. Like, just look at the abs in a vacuum. Like, they have to do something. Yeah. Like, yep, yeah, like maybe it won't be the the blockbusters that I'm hoping for, but they got to do something. Like, they, they don't have a roster signed right now. They have their top line and their defense and their goaltending set. Outside of that, like, they can't just address all of that in free agency. Like, there's going to have to be moves made here. Right. Right. And it's going to be very interesting, but I can't wait for it, man. It's going to be a fucking blast. But one of the abs free agents, uh, we can pivot this. Um, it came out 32 thoughts, right? L.A. Freeman. Eric Johnson does not plan on retiring, which begs the question. What do you do with Eric Johnson? I. I would bring him back just because he's Eric Johnson. He's the longest tenured av. And if you can get him in the third pair role or the sixth or seventh defenseman, I think that's the perfect spot for him. It all comes down to money. I mean, at the end of the day, whenever you're talking about a free agent, it's always going to come down to the money is how does Eric Johnson still value himself as a player? Does he still see himself in that two to $3 million range and want to get maybe a mix of second pair, third pair minutes that maybe, 
another team can give him? Or at this point, would he be content with a million dollars for on a one-year contract and maybe rotate in and out of that sixth, seventh spot on defense? Because for the Avs, it's, uh, it's a matter of balancing what Eric Johnson brings to you. Because on the ice, he's not the same player. Right. Anymore. I mean, he, he's lost a lot of mobility. He suffered through a lot of injuries. Even just last season alone, he broke his ankle. There are just certain times you watch Eric Johnson on the ice. He, he just can't turn the same way that he used to. There are, just, there are ways that you can tell he wants to do something that maybe he used to be able to do, but just his body simply will not allow it anymore. But then you go to the locker room. Eric Johnson, like you mentioned, is the longest tenured have one of the longest tenured players, if not the longest tenured player in the entire sports state of Colorado right now, if I can even remember that right. Yeah, I think he is. He yeah. is. So I mean, it's a guy who is very important in the locker room and an important leader. And in a season where Gabe Landeskog is not going to be there already, like he's going to be around. He's not dead, but he's not going to be in the locker room and intermissions he's not going to be on the bench you might need a guy like eric johnson a familiar voice to be sticking around and be an important part of the room but you also if he does want more money on that next contract you can't afford to make that choice it's going to have to be a, a balancing act of how you want to do this if it's anything more than a million dollars i think it's an overpay yeah i I, th I think you can stretch it maybe a little bit because it's eric johnson but you really got to be careful with every dollar yeah. that you're spending right now because I think Eric Johnson could be a veteran defenseman that a young team takes a good look at. Like I, I think a really good example is like the Ducks, who have a lot of young players on their defense right now. Oh, that, he would be so gross in that jersey, dude. Like yeah. I, I just I, – I agree with your thought process, but can you imagine Eric Johnson in a Ducks jersey? Like it, it just feels – it feels gross. Like I don't want to picture it, but if like I'm totally making this up, but like if the Ducks with Jamie Drysdale and all of their young defensemen bring in Eric Johnson and have like him and Cam Fowler really blossoming them in over the next couple of years with some good leadership, like knowing that they're not gonna get Eric Johnson he that he used to be, but maybe willing to shell out a little more money for that kind of leadership and the kind of role that he would bring to that team. I can see that. Yeah. But for the abs and the fit, like I don't think there's anyone who does not want Eric Johnson back. Yeah. Like, like he, he has to play his thousandth game with the abs. Yes. Like he has to, I just don't see a world where he leaves. I really don't. I, I it's, I feel like he loves it here. The team loves him. He's, he's been here for 12 years. Like I just, I don't see a world where he leaves and he made his money on his last contract. And if you're telling me you get Eric Johnson for 1.25 million, that's a good deal. Yeah. I mean, like it, it's a little much, but you, you can survive. It's, right. it's like Cogliano and Helm last year. Is it a little much? Yeah, probably a little bit, but it's like Stanley cup tax. Yeah. Stanley cup tax. You still get to have them. And with Eric Johnson, there I just think maybe you have to accept like it's not an 82-game player anymore and that you shouldn't really be signing him with the expectation for that role. But you also do have to consider, I just thought of this now, is like Curtis McDermott has always been a guy that they carry on the roster ever since they've got him and have him take up salary cap space. So if you're signing Eric Johnson, 
are you going to carry eight defensemen and get someone else to play in front of EJ? Or are you playing EJ full time? Or are you finding a new home for Curtis McDermott so that you can keep EJ around? Right. Because you look at it right now, he's at 920 games played in the NHL. He needs to play 80 games to get to a thousand. Uh, We're talking two years for him to get that. If you, if you ask me honestly, yeah, and I mean, you're asking EJ to play an 80 game season. And that's also, even if he is, the plan is for him to play every game. You can't guarantee a guy is not going to get hurt. Especially right. an, an older player like Eric Johnson, who has suffered through injuries in the past. It's a tough ask to, to even keep him around for that. Cause he can't, even if you do sign him, you can't guarantee that's even going to happen. Yeah. Like I just, I think that'd be the only reason why he's coming back is to get that thousand games. And it sucks because he should be there easily at this point now, but injuries have just riddled his career. Um, But I, I just think that Eric Johnson is not going to play for any other team other than the Colorado avalanche. Yeah. I mean, maybe the Minnesota wild because that's where he's from. I mean, I couldn't see it, but like, maybe that's like the only other team. Like, you don't see him going back there in the off season or anything like that. It doesn't yeah. seem like there's much of a connection there anymore. The way I could see him not coming back is if he and his agent still value him at that two, two and a half million dollar range and still believe that he can play like significant physical minutes every single night in the NHL. And again, a team I'm going to go back to the well, like Anaheim, a young team with a lot of players to develop and really not in any sort of hurry to compete anytime soon and really should not be adverse to maybe spending a little bit of cash on some some leadership i mean they're 17 million dollars under the salary cap floor right now they have a bunch of money that they can throw around to help take care of like drysdale and all the other guys that they've developed over the last couple of years like mintukov zelliger they've got guys I don't know why I'm only pointing at Anaheim here, but I think they very well illustrate the point I'm trying to make is that there are teams that I think would be more willing to throw that money at Eric Johnson. But if he does want to come back, there's a path. I think it's that simple. It's like million dollars in that area, give or take 250,000 either way. One year, six defensemen, probably seventh if you're signing somebody else as well, because you just don't know if you can get 82 games out of Eric Johnson at this right. point. And it's, it's delicate. Everyone wants him to be back, but when the salary cap is staying as flat as it is, and you have Nathan McKinnon's contract doubling, you can't always afford to do that. But I also do think Landis Gog's not going to be there this season and he's going to be there as much as he can, but he's not going to be there during games. We don't know the future of Andrew Cogliano right now. And if Eric Johnson's out the door as well, that's three massive leaders in on this team gone. And that matters. That matters a lot. Not that Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen are not leaders. They're very important leaders on this team, but they serve an important role in that leadership. And those other three guys also serve very important roles in that leadership. And that that stuff matters. That stuff affects teams and it affects cultures. So I believe that there is value to bringing back Eric Johnson, even if the on-ice results aren't exactly what you want them to be. Right. It just has to be the right money. Yeah. It has to be the right money. That's what everything kind of is when it comes down to this part of the business is like, it's got to make sense. It can't be for two, $3 million. Otherwise, the, you can't build a very good team. Correct. 
Correct. So we'll have to see. Um, but that's just another interesting off-season storyline for the Avs that's coming up. But yeah. we're yeah. getting down to the end of the episode. What else do we have on the uh, on the agenda for today? I mean, state of Colorado is yeah. once again title town, city of champions for a full 24 hours. The Avalanche and the Nuggets were the most recent champions in their sport before Vegas won the Stanley Cup a day later. But the Denver Nuggets win the NBA championship. They beat the Miami Heat in five games really was not particularly close. And finally people can, they have to respect this Nuggets team. And it finally, oh, they the still point. aren't dude. They, they I know that I know they still aren't, but it's like, they're very reluctantly talking about how well set up the Nuggets are for the next several years. And like, yeah, they're really going to keep most of the same team that only lost four games. Four games. Playoffs. Yeah. Oh shit. We're going to have to do this again next year. Aren't we? Yeah. And it's, uh, it was awesome. I mean, I I had a video of me. I, I took a page out of your book. I recorded myself during the last 14 seconds. Um, almost tore my ACL, uh, jumping up and down. But that that's just comes with the comes with the territory of being a uh, older gentleman. Um, it was an awesome like that game five was one of the worst games of basketball I ever watched. Like both teams couldn't fucking do anything. It was like playing with a hot potato. Um, but the Nuggets found a way to win the championship. Nicole Jokic, Jamal Murray now join the Kale McCars and the Nathan McKinnons of Colorado sports lore. Um, and it was really cool to see them win it on home court. Like that was really cool. It was the first champion for the state of Colorado to win since the abs in 2001. So it, it had been 22 years since they got to celebrate. Um, I just always find it funny because uh, if you don't know, I have a younger brother. He's like 26, 27, one of those ages. Um, and he's a diehard Nuggets fan. He has season tickets to the Nuggets, and I have season tickets to the Avs. So it's just very funny that one year I get to watch my favorite team win a championship, and then the next year my brother gets to watch his favorite team win a championship. Um, he basically sat in the exact same spot that we were for game five. Like His seats were like basically right there. Um, so that was really cool. Um, the biggest story of it all, though, our guy Stan Kroenke, man, like oh. he, the true underdog that is Stan Kroenke. I mean, um, you, you want to talk about a guy just starting from nothing, started yeah. starting at the bottom, started at the bottom, man, and now he is just he is just proving to be the greatest owner in sports history right now. Like, name another owner who has the diversity of championships that he has. He has a Super Bowl, an NBA championship, and a Stanley Cup in the past four years. Yeah, right. And- he he doesn't own a baseball team, so he can't win a baseball championship. Like, well, it well, wouldn't be fair if he did. Yeah, like, like I also just love the fact that if you haven't listened to this show, you have no idea how this joke got started with Griffin and I, and I will always laugh at it because we started this joke back in when the abs were winning the cup and like Stan Kroenke came up to give a speech. And I think we were the only ones cheering at the parade, like Stan, our fucking guy Stan. Like people did not understand the fact that this was a joke that started for us. And now it's just a year long running joke. And we get to do it even more. Now the nuggets won. Um, I tweeted out a tweet. You tweeted out a tweet. I had more St. Louis fans be like, Oh, you have no idea what Stan Kroenke's done. It's like, guys, you're not getting the joke. You don't listen to our show, <laughs> like, but it, you can't understand like the fact that what Stan Kroenke has built is just a beautiful, beautiful example of investing in the right things and putting money into them. And now he's, 
probably doubled his income like he needed more with the teams he's bought and built into championship contenders. So wait, you've been joking this whole time? No, no, no. I, I just like people to say that. Like if Stan Kroenke wants to put us on the payroll and we just be his hype man, I would do that yeah. in a fucking heartbeat. It's like, I'm, I'm serious. You know. Yeah. And Damn. also Stan, I, I can teach you how to talk into a microphone, dude. Yes. Like, you, I, don't need, you don't need to whisper into the reporter's ear. Yeah. Like that was very close to, I forget who made the joke, like Joe Namath territory with Susie Colbert. I don't know if you're old enough to remember that. Um, it, it was bad. Look it up when you're done. Um, I, I It was just very funny that this dude who's worth billions of dollars did not know how to talk into a fucking microphone. Like that was 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 awesome. It was so funny. I mean, you know, just when you're winning all the time, you forget. Yeah. Like it's just great. And I also just love the fact that in all of these championship things, I think the NHL is the only one that doesn't do this where it's like the owner's the first one to get the trophy. It sucks so much. It's It's so weird. And also like, like, I, I hate to be that guy right now talking about trophies but what a dinky little trophy the nba has oh it's see so, it's grown on me and now that we own one in denver it's it's yeah. grown on me um i think it was also like the the mvp one the finals mvp award i looked at it i was like really That's yeah, it just ha- it doesn't have the history that yeah, the nhl does like it, just, it doesn't strike you as any, yeah i don't know i hate i hate being that guy who's like oh look how much better my sport is but it's like i always look at other trophies like I sacrificed my body for this thing. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just very funny. Um, but Stan, good for you, man. Keep up the good work. Uh, he's had to spend a lot of money on championship rings lately, but uh, I think he'll take those. Uh, he's fine with that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. we'll get to see another banner up in ball arena. Uh, probably a little bit after the abs start their season, I'll get to see one of those, which would be cool. Cause then all of the nuggets banners are right in front of my seats. So I'll, I'll get to see that one like right up close and personal. Um, but what a run for Denver sports in the past two years, you've had your teams go combined 32 and eight in playoff series to win championships. Like the least stressful playoffs you can ever have for as, as a sports fan. And all of a sudden the state of Colorado is title town. Uh, it, it is it is the number one title town in America right now. Move over Boston. It is the state of Colorado. It is very interesting that a lot of times when one team wins a title, a lot of other teams in the city will just follow suit. Like we see this this title rotate. Every, yeah. Like it's been Boston for a long time. But like even in 1819, it was Washington, D.C. with the Capitals and the Nationals. And it goes to Tampa with the Buccaneers. I thought you literally just said 1819, like 1819, like the yeah. year 18, not, not, not 2018, 2019. I was like, bro, I don't think the Capitals existed. Then. <laughs> I don't know. Like there was the, I mean, we won, there was a couple of wars we won back then. We could call us the city of champs back then. Even yeah. Still. But even still, the Caps and the Nats back then, a couple of years ago, it was the Buccaneers and the Lightning. And now it's. Yeah. Now it's Colorado. I mean, and who knows? Who's, who says we're stopping here? Uh, I do because the Rockies suck. They'll never win a championship. Oh, oh, I, don't, oh I don't mean them. I mean the Avs. No. Oh, yeah, the Avs, and, the Avs and Nuggets. Like It would almost be a disappointment if they didn't win another two championships combined in the next five years. Oh, yeah. like That would be a disappointment for these teams. Um, I'm going to try and make it to the parade tomorrow. Uh, my second one in two years, just again, another tough life, man. I gotta go to another championship parade. It's not going uh, to be the same though. I'm not, no, it won't be the same just because like 
I, I wouldn't consider myself a bandwagon Nuggets fan. Like I, I watched the games, but I didn't have a strong opinion on them where it's like the abs. I'd watch every second of every game, like without fail. The Nuggets, if I missed a game, I missed a game. But yeah, it yeah, was, was cool to have another championship. I wasn't. Play. I was just saying, like, I wasn't going to be there. But we can go with that one too. Yeah. No, I mean, you're not being here is obviously a big thing too. But um, <laughs> kudos to the Nuggets. They 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 get their first championship in 47 years, which is crazy. Like they're they're the longest tenured team to win their championship since their inauguration, which is crazy to think. Um, and it's just it's cool. Like it, it'll never get boring having your teams win championships. Like I tweeted that out too. I was like, I remember sitting in ball arena with you and thinking like, I will, I don't know if I'll ever get this feeling again. Like this is a once in a lifetime feeling and let alone less than a year later, I get the same exact feeling like the same exact feeling. So I'm spoiled. I realize it's not going to happen, but now in the past eight years, I've had three of my four favorite teams win a championship. Like that's crazy. It's not bad. Pretty good. Yeah. Rockies will never win one, but that's just that's a whole different story. Rock, the Rockies don't really count in this. Conference. Did you see that meme <laughs> that someone tweeted out? And it was like the four major sports in Colorado, and it showed the Abs player with their three cups. Uh, it was a Family Guy meme where it's like, "You think you're better than me?" And it just shows yeah. everyone like dressed up. That made me laugh so fucking hard. I thought that meme was that that was an A plus meme. Like that that, that deserved everything it got. Um, but yeah. Going back to broadcasting, it just sucks that like the Nuggets got Mike Breen, who's probably arguably the greatest play-by-play basketball announcer to announce their championship, and we got Sean McDonough. Yeah. <laughs> poor us, right? We have yeah, to, poor we us, have, man. We deal with our Stanley Cup championship with subpar commentary. Yeah. yeah. So if we could go back and take it back, we would, right? No. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, kudos to the Nuggets. Kudos to all the Nuggets fans out there. Um, I told my brother, I was like, just get prepared. They're going to jack up prices just like they did to the abs. So I think he paid like, he paid less than what I did for one seat for the entire season. And I'm like, dude, get prepared. <laughs> They're about to jack those prices up, dude. And you are going to be like, what the fuck? And that's what they're going to do. So you're about to have a bad time. Yeah. But it's worth it for a championship. Yeah. So you pay, you pay those prices to win. Yeah. So Awesome time. Now we are in the dead of summer where it is literally just baseball. That's all we got. It is not even not even good baseball. It's middle of the season baseball. Where it's middle of the season. I'm watching the Yankees and the and the Mets right now. And uh yeah, that, that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. I mean it's 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 something. Yeah, it's something. So NHL draft needs to get here. It's right around it's in two weeks, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. Might might, might even be less than that. Yeah, I, I want to say it's the end of June. I think is it the twenty eighth or something? It's like is it like the Friday? Next I think Friday? so. Where's it at this year? Is it in Nashville this year? It's in Nashville this year. Yeah. And next year they're talking about Vegas because they need more things, right? Yeah. But even still, this season has come to an end at last. I would say, pretty boring kind of monotonous season for the most part, and for the most part. The best part was coming on here and doing this show because there was genuine points of the season where like we just didn't know what to talk about outside yeah. of the abs because there was just nothing going on and things with the abs got so repetitive, tedious, repetitive, tedious, and annoying at times with all the injuries, but it's done now. And we will 
ready ourselves for next year and move on to we're next two officially in the books, man. Yeah, we're two, we're two seasons down. I mean, the Avalanche I tweeted narrowly avoided being the ultimate loser of the playoffs this year with Vegas winning because now it's the Rangers who lost to the Devils, who lost to Carolina, who lost to Florida, who lost to Vegas. And if it went the other way, it would have been the Avs who lost to Seattle, who lost to Dallas, who lost to Vegas, who won the cup. So yeah. we're good. A little bit of a scare. Sometimes it's the small victories. You got to take some <laughs> but it's all over now. And you know, maybe before next episode, we're already getting, we're already seeing some moves. There's going to be no excuses anymore. I think probably going to take a couple days, but I think we're going to start to see some stuff. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. We will start to Without trickle down over the next little bit. There, there's just too much, too much right now, too many players to be moved too much activity on the market for this to be boring, I think. So we're going to save all that for another time. This season has come to an end. Congratulations to the Vegas Golden Knights on winning the Stanley Cup. Hopefully we never have to say that again. Correct. So, thank you all so very much for tuning into this edition of the Teledabs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Use promo code Teledabs It Is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at GYoungsNHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore belay, and you can follow the show at Tell It As It Is. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in, and we will catch you all next time. But until then, let's go abs. Mm-hmm.